0: A Town, time, no dead
1: time, no dead time. Yes, bo time.
0: Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn Men's Basketball Podcast.
1: We can prove from outside. It's the three!
0: Auburn Men talking. Auburn men's basketball.
1: Man, man. Oh man, he didn't miss the other night. Three for
0: No frills. No gimmicks. Just both. Final
1: seconds of the quarter. Holloway,
0: he can hit from that range. Now, here's your
1: host, Matt Donaldson, and Jackson Garrett. Yes, I'm the guy. All right, guys, we're back in the jungle, and we have an Auburn legend on, two-time All SEC player, ten-year NBA vet, and now back at Auburn. Coach Bruce Pearl's staff. He's zooming in all the way from South Dakota. Welcome Marquise Daniels to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me on War Eagle.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's always great to have you guys on. Uh, you know, I thought I was trying to think of what kind of questions we wanted to ask, where we wanted to start. And why don't we just start at the beginning? You're from Florida originally. How did you end up? How did Cliff Ellis end up getting you to Auburn?
0: Uh, actually, uh, Coach Eugene Harris and Charleston, Young, know, they came to, I was at Mount Zion Christian Academy in Durham, North Carolina. And they came up there and they saw me. And I, like I tell everybody, the first time I came to Auburn, I had no idea what state I was in. It was like, you're in Alabama. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, it was, um, but it was good. You know, I got here and you know, it was like family as soon as I got here.
1: Yeah, you know, Auburn was hot back then coming off of an SEC championship. You guys yes. came in, made the NCAA tournament a couple times, including a, a Sweet 16 with a, a one-point loss to Syracuse with Carmelo Anthony, man eventual national champions you ran into a buzzsaw there uh you know things things were just hot did you think it would take you know your 2003 team was the last team that made the instantly tournament before bruce pearl got here and then you come in as a coach on bruce Pearl's staff and we started making instantly tournaments all the time now do you think it would take that long that big gap of time for you to come back
0: man i I was like a raining joke in the locker room for the longest it's like man do y'all even have a team i'm like we're gonna come back we're gonna get back right but uh, man, it's just, you know, Coach done a great job of getting great guys and good players in, and the staff is doing a great job of helping these guys get to where they need to be as far as, you know, going to the next level and just helping them be great young men on and off the court.
1: Yeah, how does it feel to be back? You know, you, you've you kind of ushered this in. I know Bruce Pearl was here a little bit before you started on the staff, but how does it feel to bring back Auburn to where you think it probably should be?
0: that's uh, a great feeling, you know, just to be back in here and just seeing, uh-oh, Oh, was just seeing where, where we are right now compared to where we were when I was playing. It was like, man, I'd be trying to keep up with the guys, but it was, it was, we was going through a dark time, but it's great that we are where we are right now. And it's, I mean, even before I got here, it was fun to watch and just seeing how guys were playing hard and playing the right way.
1: I mean, it took you all the way through your entire 10-year NBA career before we turn this thing back around again and now you look at the league i mean i talk i'm I'm a little younger you know a lot of the fan base is a little younger has gotten in during the bruce pearl days and i we talk about on the podcast all the time how great it is to be able to watch the nba now and watch your favorite players you're watching for isaac Okoro and chumo kiki yeah, sure. jabari walker everybody's out there playing it's so fun to just flip on and half the time you turn it on there's an nba guy from auburn you were that like yeah. last in bit there the cluster yeah is it's it's just so much fun watching these NBA guys and now you get to mentor some of them.
0: Yeah it's great man just from even since my first year I got here, I think Chuma was the first guy in 16 years. Like since I had left here and I was like man that is crazy. But I mean like I said we're in a great place right now with coaches doing a great job of getting guys into you know fulfill their dreams of making it to the next level and it's just great to be a part of it just to mentor these guys and help them you know, fulfill their dreams and get where they want to be.
1: Can you walk us through some of that NCAA tournament? You know, you were a great player at Auburn. You scored a lot. You played well. You started two All SEC teams. But you, you stood. You, you kind of took that next step in the NCAA tournament. When we went to the Sweet Sixteen. What? How'd you take that next step? What was it like? Were you just in the zone? Did you feel like that one point lost? Do you still think about it?
0: Uh, I think the NCAA tournament is a little different than conference play because in conference they get to actually study you, and, you know, and watch a lot of film, and they get you know weeks. But you know, in the tournament, it's like you get a couple of days, and you got to get to the next game. And so, I don't think teams had as much time to prepare for us. Um, I mean, I had a good, good season that year, but even in the tournament, it was just like they didn't have that much preparation for our team. I think we had a great team. We, were, we had big guards. We had good um, post play. So we just had, we just started clicking at the right time, and you know the tournament was just good for us. Like you say, we just ran into that bus when we ran into Syracuse.
1: You know, Auburn's fan base in basketball at least I feel like is it skews pretty young. I know there's a lot of people that have been paying attention a long time, but honestly, you know the other sport in the school has taken so much of the oxygen a lot of the time, especially during the dark years. And now we're in the Bruce Pearl era. So many people have locked in now. Their mind almost starts history-wise, Auburn basketball and Bruce Pearl gets here. But what do you think people should know about the Cliff Ellis era, the era you were playing in that people forget?
0: Uh man, we had a lot of great players then too. Um, we we were we were right there every year. We were in the top of the league. You know, we were playing great ball. Um we had what well, Chris Porter was player of the year, I think. And um, mm-hmm. we had you know, Doc Robinson, um Brian Smith, my do he made it to the NBA as well. Yeah. we had a lot of great players that were here around that time, and you know, um, we weren't a team that was just getting overlooked, so we were right there. It's just that era; it was just so long of a gap that a lot of people tend to forget, and a lot of people, um, uh, like some of the players right now, they were born the year I was leaving Auburn, so
1: oh, I'm, like,
0: no. <laughs> hey, I'm like, they they don't know, so. You know, we got to try to find a way to keep my, um, bringing that history back and letting those guys know that you know it was basketball before yeah you know coach got here but i mean we had a great era coach coach um ellison you know was the cliff dwellers back then oh
1: i have a shirt yeah. i have a cliff dweller shirt i should have brought yeah. out we're trying to make yeah. contact with with coach cliff Ellis. we would love to interview him it's the 25th anniversary of the 1999 2000 or 1998-99 Number one seed, SEC champions. We'd love yeah. to get in touch with him. You know his his contact info. Yeah,
0: I, I have his information. I give it to you a little later. But yeah, all yeah, right. I, you
1: heard you heard it first great. on the pod, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great, man. I mean, Coach Ellis, um, he was a good coach. You know, he had good staff, good people around. Uh, coach Charleston Young, who's at Missouri right now, he was the guy that was on that staff coaching us as well. And and we had a really good team. I mean, they were they were really good. You know, like Jameson Brewer, he was here at the time. Um, I mean, we had some good guys. It was just a good era. I mean, like I say, I remember um, my freshman year, Kentucky comes in. We beat them. Uh, we lose in the SEC Championship to Arkansas. Like, we had a really good team. And, I mean, it was just, you know, mm-hmm. Joe Johnson got hot that game, but we had a really good team. Like, that clip out of era was really –
1: Joe Johnson of the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. Yeah, he was a great player. And you he had, had to play had probably our, him in the uh, NBA yeah. after you dealt with that after playing in college, you know exactly yeah good. so it was
0: SEC was brutal back then you had a lot of great teams it's really good now but it was tough back then you know you had a lot of great teams back then
1: is this the best the SEC has ever been at basketball you think
0: um I think uh basketball in general is just guy um it's, the guys are so much so skilled right now like they're very skilled um you know, back then, we were we were probably, I wouldn't necessarily say we were tougher, but we played a tougher brand of basketball. And right now, it's more of a finesse type, you know, create your own shot. You know, the skill level is really high right now, and I don't take nothing away from those guys. They're very talented. Uh, we're probably a little tougher, but they're very talented as far as creating their shot and just the things they can do with that basketball. It's like, it's next level, you know, and the guys are six, eight, six, nine, doing stuff that, the point guards were doing so it's or, like or, the how about, is
1: or how about seven foot six <laughs> like right, Wimby,
0: right. they didn't right. have, they didn't make them like so, that
1: back then it felt like
0: uh, you know it, back then almost if you were six 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 seven you were basically on the on the block you know coaches put you in the post so it was the game is changing um I think it's in a good space um you got to keep evolving with it as coaches as well you just got to keep evolving and putting guys in position to make themselves better
1: Now, uh, we're big fans of Beard Eve's Memorial Coliseum here, and we are trying to start a trend, a fan vote, something kind of viral here to get a throwback game in Beard Eve's. I think you saw that. What is a memory from Beard Eve's that you remember? and Do you think we can pull this off?
0: Oh man, I had a lot of great memories in Beardy's. And I think I always say this I I say that, uh, you know, when we play like maybe uh, Alabama or anybody, we should have that game over there. Just, I mean, the lighting, I think the lighting may be a little bad in there, but I think that place would be, it would be so, it would be crazy. I like, mean
1: you know we got the 25th anniversary of the sec champion team something like that right. doesn't have to be this year i i know there might be some work that needs to be involved but having a yeah. 90s night or an eight they've had some 90s and yeah. 80s nights that people go nuts for they wear the bucket hats and all that imagine the hype behind hey we're playing oh, one in be beardies strange. and, you, and we put we strange. use the old jumbotron and we play nothing but old music you know would be crazy
0: i would love it i'm all for it i'm yeah. all for
1: it you think the boys will come back it. you think you get the guys from your team back to hang out
0: yeah, I mean, a lot of them, they live in the Atlanta area or Birmingham. So I think a lot of guys will come back. You know, I think it'll be good. You know, even some of the fans, they would I'm sure they would love it. You know, just oh, coming yeah. over there, parking at the Coliseum, walking in through the bottom, I think it would be great. I mean, it would be a great atmosphere. I mean, that yeah. that arena was really big compared to, you know, Neville right now. But Neville is so intimate. And it's like that jungle is it's, it's second to none. It's, yeah, you, it's you can't beat
1: what they've done with it, but – You Um, do want the retro. You just want the retro. Just once a year. A little retro, yeah. Get
0: get the cliff dwellers out there one time. Let them them see where they stand up against the the jungle.
1: Did you wear, when you were playing, I know the 99, the 98, 99 team wore the Tiger stripes on the the, the rim of the jersey. Did you wear one of those? I still have
0: those jerseys. I I gave them to my brother.
1: He still had them. So he still You got to post some of those. You gotta post yeah, some of that. That's have, the uh, other one. We were at first that's what we were trying to do. We just wanted to see those throwback uniforms yeah, of the tiger the orange stripes. Ones.
0: I got the yeah. orange one and white when they had the little stripes on the side. You know, we had those Russell uniforms that when they get wet, they get <laughs> real heavy. Yeah, they changed a lot. Terms. Yeah. They're made yeah, of, It feels like they're
1: made out of some like space material now compared to what they uh, used to be.
0: Super thin, and then, of course, they play in the, the smallest shorts I've ever seen. I was about life. to I,
1: say. I was going to bring that up. I, was, I have all these questions over here, but now I have to ask how long your shorts were back in the day. Because some of those – were you below the knee guy? Oh, yeah, I was below the knee guy. I, I
0: mean, I was telling them all the time, man. We were guys that was arguing over the longer shorts, but now they, it's like they rolling them up short. I'm like, bro, you might put a pamper on. Like, they're so little. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's like, it'll, man, I, I got to move.
1: It comes back around, you know. Yeah, but, uh, I hope
0: so, because I was like, I couldn't play You know, as, as soon
1: as it gets too short, that's when it starts going long. It, or as soon as my whole thing, as soon as your parents know that something's uncool, that's when it comes back again. As soon as like right, right. people in their 40s so, and 50s, whatever, people that have adult children know not to wear too long of shorts. That's when the kids are like, right. oh, OK, now I'm going to do it again. Yeah,
0: exactly. It, every, like you say, everything comes back around. But right now, those shorts, so I, I don't know how they do it, but hey. <laughs>
1: So they would say own. the other way around, they'd say, how did they carry so much material around? You were, like, uh, flapping a flag behind you, you know?
0: Trust me, I hear it all the time. Man, you old. Oh, you, I'm like, yeah, okay, keep <laughs> living.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, you've, you've coached under Bruce Pearl here for a while, played under mm-hmm. Coach Cliff Ellis. When you were a player in college, which one would you have rather played for, style-wise?
0: Uh, of course, uh, Coach Pearl right now, you know, he gives guys a lot of freedom. They get to shoot the ball pretty much at any time. as they go and rebound and play on the other end. Um, you know, just the freedom he gives them. You know, back then, it was more of a a big man game back then. You know, there's a, post, a lot of post play. Um, but right now, it's, it's really goal-oriented. So, I, I think that, yeah, I would love to play in this era right now.
1: You'd probably be able to shoot a lot more the, in these days of days. The green light's a little more green. I kind
0: of made my own green light back then. So, <laughs> I, was not, <laughs> I was not really really bothered about that. But if I played for Coach Perra, I think it would have been a lot. A lot more yeah, I had a
1: lot more freedom. Now over the years we've had a lot of players. I mean now we're putting them in the lottery in the top three and in the first round, get two guys in the top, you know, first round now. But a lot a lot of years there we had some great players like a KT Horrell, several other yep. guys that would go undrafted or late second round. You, you cheer them on, but a lot of times they just don't make it. I mean, we've interviewed guys that are in Turkey and France and Argentina trying to make it happen. You know, you have yeah. an incredible story to go undrafted. And then play 10 years of the NBA, including making the finals at one point and starting, I, I believe, for several of those teams. So what do you tell players that are trying to make the NBA? I mean, every player wants to make the NBA player, the NBA happen and you have to have that belief almost to make it happen. Right. But what's your yeah. circumstance is so rare. How do you mentor these kids that are they're not going to get drafted and then you didn't get drafted? You made it. So what? what how do you have that conversation?
0: Uh, you just gotta I think sometimes they have to learn how to be selfish within themselves and you know, if you gotta play to make make the right play. And a lot of times you have to understand that you gotta learn how to be friends with them off the court is not as much as on the court. So you have to be almost a, like Aiden actually asked me that question the other day, it was like, you No, know, what what made you, you know, turn it on so much? I was like, I I told that my teammates and everybody else, you're either gonna come with me or you're in my way. And so you got to you gotta kind of have a, a little selfish attitude, a little different type of mentality of, like, I'm going to get there and there's nothing going to stop me from getting there. You got to put the work in. You got to sacrifice a lot of stuff. And I think one of the biggest things is discipline. You know, you got to be really disciplined to get where you want in life. Like, regardless of, you can, you can sacrifice a lot of things. But if your discipline isn't there, whether you need to go to bed at a certain time or be in the gym, working out or sleep, whatever the case may be. You have to have that discipline and it got to be self discipline. It can't be somebody telling you what to do all the time. A lot of times it got to come from within because if that's something that you really want, you have to go out and get it yourself.
1: You know, there's so much technology now and so much more coverage of college sports and of the NBA and everything. And you went undrafted. And I wonder in today's game, how much of that came down to the scouts just didn't see you. You were at Auburn, you weren't at Kentucky or one of the other schools that might have done it. Do you think some of that came down to? they just didn't see you enough? Or do you think you turned it on, you know, like that you were kind of an undrafted guy and you just happened to turn it on at the right time to make these squads?
0: Uh, to be honest, I was red flag when I um, came out of my spine. Mm. I had I had mm. spinal stenosis that I was born with that I didn't know about until my injury in the NBA when I was paralyzed for about five minutes on the court. I didn't realize that's what, you know, kind of stopped me from getting drafted because, I mean, I averaged 19 or 20 my senior year and, and in the NCAA tournament. And I averaged 23 and seven or whatever it was. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was they didn't see me. It was more of, should we take this risk on this guy with his injury? You know, mm-hmm. I mean it worked out for the best. You know, I you know, God knows what he's doing. So I'm not gonna ever, you know, question what happened. It's just a matter of sometimes God will give you what you want or he'll put you in position to go get what you need to get. And he put me in position for me to go out and do what I need to do. And I just try to take advantage of the situation.
1: You know, I think. You dealt with this at a very high-profile level at one of the coolest, best jobs you could ever get, the NBA. But we all deal with this in our own jobs, in our own lives, in our own hobbies, the fact that you made it that far, despite your medical condition. But it held you back also. You didn't get drafted. You had to leave the NBA probably a little earlier than you would have otherwise. How do you reckon with that situation where you're one of the luckiest men alive to make the NBA 10 years? But, man... Also, is it unlucky or is it lucky? Were you lucky or were you unlucky to end up with this spinal injury to cut your your whole career short?
0: Uh, it's Again, it's part of, you know, being disciplined and you got to have faith and you just got to trust whatever it is that God has for you. So a lot of times we have our own plans of what we think we should be doing and what we want to do. And a lot of times we pray for stuff that we don't know that God may give, be given to you in a different way or different form. So you got to be ready to move your feet when you, you pray for certain things and he gives it to you. It may not be in the form of what you want or how you want it to be, but when it comes your way, you got to be able to move and, and make sure that you're willing and ready to make that that change for whatever it is. Like I could have easily given up like, man, I ain't get drafted or, man, these injuries coming from my spine. But I had a goal in my mind that I wanted to be there and I wanted to make it. And I was just going to go out and give it my all every chance I got because – you know, you never know; it can be taken away from just as quick as it was given to
1: you. So the in in the mesh there, take advantage of what you got. No, yeah, I question. Love
0: it. Love take it. Whatever it is.
1: Now, uh, it's you. You spent about you spent ten years NBA. You were gone from Auburn for about fifteen years, right? So, what were the biggest changes? Twofold. One, in the city of Auburn, we know the city of Auburn's grown so much. So you came back at our fifteen years to see a huge difference. And then two on the court with the recruiting, with the all the different stuff. What what's the two biggest like surprises when you came back?
0: Man, they got a lot more places to eat, and a lot more <laughs> uh, places to go as far as uh just getting around the city, a lot more living places, and like you said, social media. Social media is huge, and and I think they're doing a great job of taking full advantage of getting the players in that we need to keep this program rolling and being where it needs to be. I think uh, I, um. Media guys are doing great and coaches doing a good job of getting guys that we need in here as far as, you know, good families, good kids that come from good families. So it helps a lot to keep the program where it needs to be.
1: He's made it really easy. You guys who have all the recruiting, all the guys that are looking to it, development too. It's been really easy to cheer for these Auburn guys. And it's not always like that in every team. You know, we got our podcast over here with our friends that we talk about, all this. And it's made it so easy. There's never a guy on this team for the last couple of years that we've had to just cringe and like, well. He's good, or but like, oh, uh, you know, off the court or whatever. You know, it's just been right. it's been such a breeze, and you, I'd rather lose a game or two and have a kid that I can feel happy about cheering on. Yeah, so shout right. out to that. Uh, was Sky Bar a thing when you were a student? What was the big bar when you were a student?
0: Actually, that that bar has been there since Moses, but it was called Fourth Quarter back then. Okay, God. It's, it's in the same place. But it was called fourth quarter back then. I, I remember we. What was the club was you big, beat?
1: You beat Kentucky. Where do you go after for the big party?
0: For me, I, I didn't really go out.
1: You know, okay, I, I all, all right. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's I. Because I, 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 I was part of my being me being disciplined and understanding what I wanted to get, you know, and yeah. where I wanted to go in life. So I didn't really. I mean, I went out here and there, but as far as like just not, that wasn't for me.
1: No, I asked about the gap there between your NBA and everything come back to Auburn, how big of a difference that is. But even since you've been here, 2018, I believe, was your first season here, that first SEC championship with Bruce. Since then even, we've had huge changes in the sports, even in Auburn. We've had an SEC sure. championship. We've had a Final Four, an SEC tournament win, a number one ranking, uh, NIL, one-time transfer, COVID, so many changes. What, like, sticks sure. out to you the most that if you could go back to your, like, graduate assistant days and just be like yeah this is happening now like this bizarre thing you would have never thought
0: just the consistency um just being consistent with what we were doing and you know and, uh, i think if you keep building and keep laying the foundation it it, it get, becomes firm and we become a program of you know knowing what we want to do and accomplishing what we want to do and just getting great kids in Man, as you know the coaches could do whatever they need to do to put you in position but you got to have great kids to, to go out there and you know do what needs to be done i think yeah. the consistency of just staying you know keeping everybody in line and, and bringing in great kids
1: now, I think we've talked about it already just from hearing your stories and hearing what you you talk about, how much discipline, all the things you're already talking about, but you're the director of player development under Bruce. What does that look like during the season? You're in the South Dakota right now, so you're traveling with the team. Like, What is your uh, kind of objective? What does it look like?
0: Uh, I call myself the fire Sure. I try to put the fires out before it gets the coach. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, they may be upset with whatever it may be, playing, whatever it may be. So I try to, you know, calm them down, keep them together and understand that, you know, at the end of the day, keep the main thing, the main thing. Focus on basketball and not worry about the things that's on the outside that doesn't even matter.
1: It's almost like a half coach, half mentor situation.
0: Yes, a lot of mentors. Nice.
1: Love it, love it. And you're, you're good to do it. You know, you've been there. You've been where they want to go. So Yeah. what can you tell us about the newcomers on this team? Everybody's very excited to see Aiden. They're excited to see Denver Jones. We're even hearing great rumors and things about Cheney Johnson, CBM. Like, what can you tell us about these guys?
0: Hey, great kids. They can all score the ball. Um, they're sponges. They all are willing to learn. Gym rats, you almost have to make them go home. Um, but they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to come in. They're going to play hard, play the right way. Great locker room guys. They're going to cheer on the other guys when they're on the court. Um, it's just it's just going to be fun to watch and just great to be a part of this, this program.
1: How's the offense gonna look? you know last year I think was it's been interesting to watch Bruce Pearl's teams the entire time from big three point shooters to oh man, we got some big men that are playing really well, power four positions doing really it's just every position has changed the kind of narrative on on Bruce Pearl's offense and his teams has changed yeah. so much over the years what what are we looking at here?
0: uh pretty much um you know, guys that really shoot the ball they're gonna really shoot the ball really well um are gonna be pretty good pretty scrappy defensively. Um, we got a well-rounded group of guys, you know, from mid-range to scoring inside to shooting the three. So I think it should be really fun to watch this year.
1: All right. Now you've been on the staff for a while now, several other coaches we've interviewed and they've all been on the staff for a long time now. What is it about Bruce Pearl's staff? What is it about Auburn that keeps everybody together for so long?
0: Just great people, great human beings. Um, We all push each other. We all strive to get the best out of each other. You know, we, we agree to disagree and we get over and we just trying to help each other get better. We all have one common goal in mind. And that's a win. And that's the main thing. Like we all come together and we, you know, it's the battle of the minds just trying to get better.
1: Now, is it, is it Auburn focused or Bruce Pearl focused? You think that keeps everybody together? You think people want to be in Auburn or do you think people want to be with Bruce Pearl or is it both or what? A uh, little
0: bit of both, a little bit of both. Uh, Auburn's a great place to be. Coach is a great coach. So it it makes it a lot easier for us.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on Marquise. It's been uh. You know, pleasure having you on. We love having all the the assistants on. Is there anything else you want to plug or anything else you want to tell the the people before we sign off?
0: No, just War Eagle. And thanks again for having me on.
1: No problem. Thank you. Thanks.